all right, JD, it's that time again. It's time to let go and get perplexed. Perplexity in the morning. No yeah, better way right. to start the day. That's right. You know what? I don't know if you ever listened to um, Scott Adams, yeah, his podcast. No. Specifically, he's probably so. like not, well, I don't know, his stuff is like probably not so aligned with your, you know, philosophies, but he has, he calls it the, the simultaneous sip where, you know, he has everyone like, okay, like get your favorite beverage, you know, coffee, right? And everyone together, like take, you, know, you take a sip. I mean, I've never, I've never actually done that, but, um, so I feel like we could have like our simultaneous moment of complexity, mm. per, 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 perplexity. perplexity. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> I like it. I think it's happening already anyway. Yeah. All right. Well, we are talking this week about, again, continuing our, our conversation about relationships and, you know, our last episode, we spoke about the impact of negative feelings on relationships. And now we're going to be a little more positive. We're going to talk about, about how positive feelings can affect others. So one thing that I, that I, uh, Hawkins says that he talks about the impact of, of the feeling of connectedness, right? And he says that when our inner feelings are peacefulness, serenity, tranquility, stillness, openness, simplicity, the effect on the other person is to increase their awareness along with our own. And so that in their relationship with us, they will feel joined and they will identify with us. So to me, this is like very interesting about this idea of connection and how like when you approach someone, first of all, it's not necessarily that, that you're feeling peace towards them, although it, also, also you feel that way, but it's about feeling peaceful inside yourself, right? And feeling just that, that calm, you know, and, and peace within yourself that, that people who you interact with will feel a sense, may feel a sense of connection with you just because of your state of, of being, right? And I was thinking about that. And, you know, when I've met, you know, I've met you know, some people, probably not a lot, but, but when, you, when you meet like holy people, um, and in general, like why you have such a thing as a guru, like why does someone find a holy person and then say, oh, wow, I'm going to spend the rest of my life, you know, just trying to touch the feet of this person, right? Like, why is that the impact, right? I mean, there, but there's something that's very attractive and attracting about that state of, of inner peace. So what are, your, what are your thoughts on that? Like, you know, any experience that you've had with, with that, you know, with, with um, others or that, that you've seen, but that was very interesting, the idea of, of this ultimate state of, of peace being attracting. I feel like that's something uh, I've heard people say with, uh, with animals, that animals kind of gravitate towards people who mm. kind of exude feelings of, of, peace and calm, uh, whether it's in general in a particular or in a particular moment. Um, and, you know, I guess we all have our experiences, but that's, that seemed true. That seems true of my, my experience. Uh, and I think in, and human animals are different in many, many ways than, than other animals, but I think there's something 
there's something there. There is some sort of attractive force uh, to that to that calming energy. I think something about it that also speaks to me or, or comes up for me is beings who are more at peace. It feels like they want less from me. Mm. I, I notice I have a. I can sometimes have strong reactions when I feel like someone wants something from me or is trying to push something on me. And I know we get into this later in the chapter, but from, from one originator to another, kind of people who, who are salesy in, in any, any which way, to me, that is kind of like an instant, I can feel myself closing and shutting down. And I'm not saying it's necessarily the opposite of, of peace, but an aspect of this peaceful quality that he talks about in this chapter is really not feeling like you need anything or trying to get anything from someone or looking for something from them. If anything, you're offering something gently uh, to another person. And, and I do think that feels like a very safe and attractive quality in a way that someone who is pushing some kind of in uh, agenda to, to me and maybe to a lot of other people doesn't feel particularly peaceful or, or safe. Yeah. Have you found any change? Yeah, I mean, we've been, like we were just talking before about how we've been doing this for, um, I don't know, maybe it's nine months or so. Um, and have you found any change to like your approach with other people in terms of that, like, giving versus asking, like anything you've noticed in terms of like your, how you interface with other people. Mm. Um, and I think probably to me, I consider you kind of a natural giver. So I think part of this is, you know, me, you know that we can kind of credit, you know, this, this um, letting go journey with all of it. But, but I'm, I'm curious if, you, if you've noticed anything. Mm. Uh, I, I appreciate that. I, I do think it's, heightens my awareness of what's happening in in interactions with with me and with other people and even as someone who maybe you know errs on or leans on or is brought up in the the giving side of things just recognizing when I actually do want something from someone else because there are many times that I do like in in business and we he gets into this in the chapter and and i think it's actually something we may have referenced before that in our sandler sales training um mm -hmm. talk about the goal of any sales call is not to close the sale but to qualify the prospect to see if there's mm -hmm. even really an opportunity there for there to be some you know transfer some transaction or relationship to to take place and uh noticing that and at the same time noticing like yeah, and that that's true. And there are sometimes when I do notice myself, like, yeah, I do want to land this client or this deal or convince this this lender that in fact this is a transaction they should fund, and and just noticing that in myself, or even in more kind of picayune uh, interactions with people, of noticing like, oh, yeah, I kind of want this person to like me or laugh at my joke or think that I'm clever and just seeing that uh seeing that arise in myself has been uh i don't know i think it's been illuminating 
And, yeah. and just in that noticing, uh, it changes. It doesn't necessarily change my behavior. I mean, maybe sometimes it does, but it changes my relationship to it. And as I see it, it's easier to detach a little bit from whatever my desire or desired outcome has been. Yeah. Yeah. For me, like, I also, like, I feel like I'm, I'm, I don't know if it's more recently, but maybe in general, like, I think I'm kind of a more natural giver. The other certain people have, when you get a text message for them, like, you know, you see their name come up and you know there's an ask. Totally. You know, so I, I think in general, like when people see a text message from, from me, like usually, I mean, it's hardly ever an ask, right? It's usually something, some kind of like idea that I'm sharing or some, you know, it's just, but it's something where it's like, oh, I thought this the person would appreciate this, you know, mm. um, you know, when you, you and I text over the course of a week, like, it's like, oh, I saw this quote, like I thought you would appreciate it, right? It's that kind of, kind of stuff, right? Now, that is, that I think is, I mean, largely positive, but I also wonder, but then I wonder, well, am I doing it because I want to add value or because I want to get their response telling me that I've added value, you know? Mm -hmm. So like in, and I find this like in conversation, like in just normal conversations that I have, like, I feel like every conversation I have with someone, like I'm looking for my, for like the hole in the defense like where can I add value right like what's some you know some idea you know that that's like oh well have you thought about that or what about this right so but I'm wondering if that's but but then I wonder is it um is there a neediness in that you know in wanting to be perceived as someone who has interesting ideas right and it's mm. helpful you know so I guess Maybe we just, maybe that's just kind of getting in my head too much. Well, I guess the other part of that that I'm going to get to is that as far as like asking, like asking is something that, I, that I'm like not comfortable with. Like that's like, I'm a horrible negotiator for, my, for <laughs> myself, you know? Um, like I just, I'm not, I don't feel comfortable like asking for, you know, mm. for, for my, myself. Um, so that is also, which is not, that's not a positive either you know so what do you think that like balances i know we you know, we've we talked a little bit about just how you approach negotiations like in your own business which you know which has grown you know really amazingly over the, over, the, over you know since you started it but that balance of like giving versus wanting mm. you know, like it's it's okay to want also so i'm not i'm not being very clear in my communication of this but like I, any part of that thread you, you'd want to pick up yeah, that, I mean, that totally resonates. And I feel caught in that tension a lot, too. Uh, and the the rabbit hole of, you know, uh, desiring not to desire, wanting not mm. to want, needing not to need. And it's like, ah, what? what? Um, yeah. But something that for me felt like a, a, a breakthrough in, in my therapy journey when I started was recognizing the wants and that it was okay as a human to have wants and have needs and to ask for them and to strive for them and also okay not to get them. Hmm. And 
and you know some things are easier and harder in which to be disappointed and again in some way what sort of humans would we be if we didn't have wants or desires or wishes or heartbreaks when some of those things were let down and met but uh at least the the awareness of knowing oh okay this is something i want to your point like i was saying sometimes i'm like oh yeah i'm looking i want this person to think that i'm funny or or clever or good at my job or successful and in recognizing that and seeing it it just somehow creates a little space between me and and the want and that feels like in some way the only thing to do because pretending that i don't have them or burying them under some ideas about like altruism or what it is to be a good or a better human that doesn't feel honest or healthy or or what is either mm-hmm. um it kind of like actually and i know we talked about this a little bit earlier but in i'm i'm doing a, a course in in miracles the workbook and i think let's see what day it is Exactly. But today's uh, practice is uh, at lesson 27, above all else I want to see. And it's almost, it feels like uh, for me, this idea of desiring not to desire, like wishing I didn't have these wants or needs or like, wow, wouldn't it be great if I were the kind of human who really didn't need or want anything from anyone else? Maybe, but recognizing that's not actually what my experience is. That's some, you know, fantasy, spiritual fantasy I have. And actually desiring to see above all else I want to see, you know, the Anthony DeMello awareness, awareness, awareness. That's all that we can, that's all that we're asked or called, I think, to bring to the present moment. So Mm -hmm. recognizing, okay, yeah, there's a part of me that wishes that I didn't want this person to think that I'm really helpful and kind and generous and gracious. Uh, There's also a part of me that really does want that from them. Yeah. And then whether or not, uh, like Michael Singer says, whether or not, you know, in that moment of deciding, so what do I do? Do I then do the kind of gracious, you know, whatever, do I add value? Do I look for that value at all? Or maybe I don't that doesn't even matter so much whether you yeah. do or don't it's in that moment being aware of like, ah, look at this. How interesting. A part of me really needs this person's approval. And a part of me really wishes I didn't. Yeah. And right. Right. Yeah. And that, and that, that's it. Right. No right. And that's it. Go. And then, and then whatever, right. And then whatever the actual path we take, like either way is cool. So, okay. So you recognize it, you go ahead and add value. Great. Self-aware, you know, you're doing it. Or maybe once in a while you pull back and actually you don't like jump in and somehow save the day or do something and you, and you see what happens. And like, I don't know, maybe the interaction goes sideways and like, okay, that's probably why you were trained up to add value. Or maybe it is actually perfectly pleasant anyway, or who knows what. Yeah. I do feel like at the end of the day, like we're, you know, this, it's a, um, it's kind of like how, how, you know, like the Israelites, like after they left Egypt. So it says like in the, in the Torah that like, there was a short, there was a shorter way to go to, you know, to go directly from, I mean, Egypt is on the Israeli border, right? But God was worried that if they, if they, uh, came in contact with like, and you know, with 
other forces that would attack them, they would then retreat and go back to Egypt. So you took them like along this like long and winding road, right? And I feel like a little bit we do the same thing with our spiritual journey. It's like it's you know, when when you when you find we take these like long and winding circuitous roads that are like all go, you know, it's like, but then you realize that it was for people who have arrived, there, you know, it's like, wait a second, it's like that's all I had to do was open my my eyes. Um, and there's another part where, where like Moses is admonishing like the 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 Israelite people and says like like what is God asking mm. from you except to to well the word is Yira, which means fear but also to see right yeah and Ooh. so I I sent I sent to uh I, I had uh, mentioned this to someone that, that like I think you could like kind of parse a sentence to like like what is God asking you except to see right just open your eyes right it's not is this awareness a, awareness <laughs> awareness right um yeah one of the um you know it's it's very also when it comes to feelings about others it's very easy for us to um it becomes about the other person right it's like this other person is being rude and what the heck does the matter with them or like they're being disrespectful or don't they you know they're they're idiots right um and why are they acting to me this this way there's an interesting exercise that I, I like that Hawkins mentions, which is says, imagine that the other person can can see exactly what you're thinking about them. Right. And so they can they can they can hear it. It's it's very clear. They hear exactly what you're thinking about that. Right. Now put yourself in their shoes and imagine how you would react seeing that billboard of your emotions on your on your forehead. Right. Mm. And now does that like, does that make, and usually it'll make sense, right? This person who's being slow at the checkout counter or whatever, right? and maybe they're like being rude. And then you think about, well, what am I thinking about them? It's like, well, I'm thinking, gosh, they're so incompetent and lazy, <laughs> right? You know, and then, well, then why do I expect that this person is going to be kind and considerate to me when this is like what, she, what I'm saying? without without saying it yeah so hmm. um that is yeah to me that's like a really interesting exercise you know, and it's to just be aware of and it, i think it also helps us become more aware of what we're actually thinking you know in, in that moment hmm. wow what a, a scary and beautiful thought exercise mm -hmm. Um, hmm. well, it, it makes so much sense and, you know, back and forth between the two parts of this chapter of the positive emotions and negative emotions with, in, in relationship with, with other people, this idea that we are, um, we are sort of really creating our relationships in a lot of ways by just how we hold uh that other that other person and uh when we <laughs> going back to animals i guess i don't know this comes easier to me but all the years that i didn't have cats or know anything about cats i like thought they were fine 
animals mildly allergic but otherwise like one way or another didn't have much of an opinion but since kind of falling into cat daddy ship um i now feel like i am just like in love with cats and they it, it feels like they feel that mm. anyone whose cat i meet anywhere i meet cats on the street i meet cat like my friends and they just like they're just like coming out of the woodwork and coming on over. And I think again, differently, maybe with, with human animals, but still just some, I don't know what we want to call it, energetic, vibrational. Like if the cat's reading whatever the billboard on my forehead, it, it is one of like admiration and respect and understanding and joy. And I think that really does change uh or not just change it 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 creates the relationship mm. and the and the container and maybe looking at it from the flip side and asking this question to to both of us and to our, our listeners have you ever and i think maybe this was a version of what you asked me earlier talking about a guru and whether it's a guru or just someone who loves you but have you ever been looked at by someone in such a way that you really just feel like wow about yourself because you can yeah. see how the other person whether whether it's a, maybe a, a grandparent or or lover or a dear friend or a mentor but someone who really just looked at you like you were again quoting Ram Dass or maybe RuPaul or both you were god in drag yeah and it yeah. makes you feel that it makes you feel that way it makes you feel capable and confident and creative and and empowered yeah there, there's a book i was just looking up i forgot the name of it but it's called wired for love mm. um, uh, by stan tatkin t-a-t-k-i-n uh you know one of the things that he talks about is this idea of a couple bubble he says that right there's this whole idea that, that people have now of like oh you know i need to like work on myself first and like, then I'll be ready for, mm. to be part of a couple or to be with someone, right? And he said that that, that whole idea of isolated self-esteem is not a reality. You know, he said that, that you know, from the time that you're a baby, right? And you're, you have your, it's the mother and the child, right? But the way that people develop self-esteem is that, is that they see it mirrored back to them, mm. right? So it, it could be, it doesn't have to be a parent, right? It could be a coach, you know, that that see, that 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 sees something, or a teacher, or hmm. a friend, right? But it's you see someone else who's treating you a particular way, that with respect and with and and you know with um, acceptance and love, right? And that allows you to feel love, you know, for yourself. Yeah. So I I do think that that's very very true. Like that's you know we probably, you know, if you're, if you're lucky, you have some of those people in your, in your mm. life, if you're really lucky, like they would be like your parent, but I feel like there's so much, the parent child relationship is in many regards, like conditional, mm. yeah, because you have expectations of them, right? So it's, I mean, you have to work, you have, I mean, you both have to ways. work your, yeah. both ways, right? And I think, look, I mean, one of the things that I've worked on a lot is to try to make my love like more un unconditional, you know, and I've, I've came kind of far away and then just like kind of accepting my kids as they are. And, you know, that, and that that's it, but um, that's work. It's, it's maybe easier if it's like a 
grandparent or an uncle or aunt or a teacher, and then you're you're attracted to those people. Um, one of the Hawkins also said that that when you feel positively, like that, it it increases the other person's self-esteem, which which is in line with I think what you're what you're saying, right? Because like those people like feel like oh yeah, like I I am pretty good, yeah. <laughs> that which is a conclusion you might not come just you know in your own head. Mm. Yeah, yeah, totally, and and I think that kind of interconnected this it's this obviously this chapter is towards the end of the book but just feels so important to, again being such a social relational species um being so dependent for the first few years of our lives on others just feels like such an important reminder and um what was tatkin was that the, the yeah, author Tatkin. yeah tatkin mm -hmm. yeah this idea of kind of growth through relationship uh mm -hmm. feels hugely important to me and a part of my whatever spiritual personal growth journey that i am find myself opening up to more and more and i think um for those of you who listened to our sorry Yochavid regular episode uh hearing her talk about her time 15 years in an ashram and not being allowed to have any the close personal relationships. And I don't know that's true of every ashram or all forms of, of uh, Buddhism, but this, this ashram she was at in particular and hearing how from her, it sounded like she was really starved for mm -hmm. this kind of relational growth or, or love even. And hearing her talk about her guru feels so, so different from hearing Ram Dass talk about his, um, hmm. sounds like Ram Dass's relationship with his guru. He talks all the time about guru love and this unconditional love. And he finally met someone in his life who truly saw him and loved him. And I did not get that uh, impression from, from Sarah's story uh, and all this winding road to say that for me, it's become increasingly alive and important when I think of my growth and my path, thinking of it in relationship, whether it's this podcast and, you know, our relationship or uh, my romantic relationships or my familial relationships or my friends, or even the relationship with, uh, with my therapist or the idea of a therapist as sort mm -hmm. of uh, ersatz guru or, you know, someone who can help you be in relationship and be in relationship to and with uh, yourself, yeah. Which which is also a relationship, and something when we talk about in spiritual communities or contexts, right? There's like a you that's a watcher or an experiencer or some observer of other parts of oneself or an IFS. The idea of multiple parts that's relational, mm -hmm. uh, and not not losing sight that that is some kind of a interconnected. Uh, relationship and trying to, I don't know, do growth or spirituality without it feels to me like a big, a big miss. Yeah. 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 There's like a visual that comes to mind, which I'll try on for size with you, but you know, you know, like the, the classic uh, example that they give about like priorities, right? So they have a big jar like, and you put in these big rocks into mm. it, right? And you ask the kids like, all right, like, is this full? Yeah, it's full. Right, and then you put in pebbles 
right? And the pebbles fill in, right? And then you put in sand, then you put in water, right? And so in the physical world, if you, if there's emptiness, right, then there's room for more, right? But I think when it comes to human relationships, like I think when your heart is full is when you have the most amount of space mm. for, for others, you know? And when your heart is like, when you feel like someone whose heart is like half full, right? Ironically, like they're, don't have as much room for, for others. And it's like when, you're, when your heart is overflowing, that's when you have more, mm. more space. Oh, I love that. I love that. Yeah, it reminds me of the, the adage of you want something done, right? Give it to someone who's like a busy mm. uh, person because it'll get done. Uh, yeah. Somehow that does uh, generate more, more love, more space. Yeah. Well, on that note. Yeah, as good, as good an ending point as any. Overflowing hearts, take that image with you into the rest of your day and, and your week if you can. That's right. And may your heart runneth over. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. And if not, that's okay too. That's okay too. That's okay, okay too. too. All right. Until next time, my friends. Stay perplexed, my friends.